Ah, fitness culture. You've been on the rise in recent years. But like everything else, our society has turned you... Toxic. Let's navigate the growing toxicity of gym culture and the detrimental fitness advice on social media. Are you ready? Welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. If you're new to Beauty Unlocked, I'm Carissa, host of this circus. Welcome, friends. If you've been a long-time listener, you know all about the shenanigans and utter fuckery that is Beauty Unlocked. <laughs> Are you ready? Welcome, friends, to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlock the Podcast. I'm Carissa. I hope this finds you well and that you enjoyed your summer, whatever you did. It's been a while and I've missed you, and I hope you've missed me too. I know you have. To kick off our first episode back after a very long hiatus, episode 69. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm not real, a real fan of, of 69. But that's besides the point. <laughs> yes, yes, I've started with the shenanigans already. Grow the fuck up, Carissa. But anyway, I found this article uh, written by Sarah Walton Smith uh, oh, before going on a break. Um... And I decided to to do it, navigating the growing toxicity of gym culture. Now, if you're on social media, you've probably seen a rise in the last few years of everything that's fitspiration, um, weightlifting, going to the gym. And of course, of course, we can't leave things alone. We just have to make them toxic because that's the kind of society we, we are. And here we are. Um, Sarah Walton Smith discusses her experience of seeing detrimental fitness advice on social media, quote unquote advice. <laughs> here we go. Fitness culture, specifically surrounding the gym and weight training, has been on the rise in recent years. Refreshingly for women, the desire to be strong and build muscle has overtaken the cardio crazes of the 80s and heroin-chic beauty standards of the 90s. As for men, the goal of being chiseled has been blown out of proportion, with the focus no longer toned definition, but significantly larger muscles. This shift certainly has some positive aspects. The benefits of weightlifting, such as protecting bone health and muscle mass and boosting metabolic rate, has been widely researched. Yet, with this greater interest has come the rise in a gym culture that can be as obsessive and restrictive as the fitness trends of previous decades, potentially even worse due to the negative impact of social media and fitness influencers. How can we navigate this toxicity and develop a healthy relationship with fitness? Part of the answer lies in exposing the online sea of unhelpful fitness advice and replacing it with an approach to exercise that prioritizes balance and choice. Discussions concerning a regimented gym diet encourage unhealthy attitudes towards nutrition, 
Many influencers advise that we track our macros or macronutrients, consume very large quantities of protein, and eat exclusively clean foods, which they claim helps them feel their best. First of all, this is the problem with diet culture. It's, you know, um, putting a label on foods as clean or as junk food or as bad food. And then at the end of the day, we feel guilty for eating something that we want, which leads to a lot of people developing eating disorders such as myself in the past and whatnot and feeling so fucking guilty that we spend hours at the gym trying to quote unquote burn it off with endless hours of cardio before i end my rant i'm going to say this anybody who judges someone because they ate mcdonald's or burger king or wendy's or whatever the fuck there is out there pizza hut or whatever um you're not taking into consideration a person's socioeconomic situation, whether or not they live near a supermarket because, you know, food deserts are real. Um, If they have the time to cook a meal and whatnot, and then you go around judging them. And I'm sure, my friends, (laughs) that you are the last person that should judge anyone because I'm sure that you've probably fucked something that's more questionable than eating Burger King fries. And understand that if you are using things such as processed or unprocessed foods, all foods are processed at the end of the day, um, all you're doing is regurgitating what diet culture has taught you. So you are in no position, my friends, to judge anyone. Take a good, hard look at yourself in the mirror before you say, well, they're not eating properly. Get the fuck. Side note, I meant to say if you're using words such as processed and unprocessed, healthy and unhealthy, (laughs) that's what I meant. (laughs) Not if you're using those things, but if you use the words or terminology. There was such a jumble in my mind that I'm like just speaking just like that without actually... (laughs) I'm forgetting to add in words before I speak. Anyway, let's get back into it. Yes, I'm already rattled. This inevitably links restrictive eating to an idea of wellness when in reality, forcing yourself to cram down masses of protein and limiting yourself to whole grain carbs promotes anything but a healthy balance. Such an obsession over food can be mentally draining, as well as impractical for busy students, or anyone else for that matter, who simply cannot afford to buy 500 grams of chicken breast every day. It's far more realistic to try and eat a balanced plate per meal while still enjoying takeaways and alcohol. Defying the influencer's orders, you don't have to measure out every gram of rice in order to fuel your body for the gym. Even if your nutrition is poor for a period, it's not the end of the world and definitely not worth stressing over. Social media and fitness influencers have also created highly unrealistic beauty standards surrounding weightlifting. With the aid of filters, Photoshop, and even good lighting and posing, it is incredibly easy to take a picture that gives you a tiny waist and big, defined muscles in the right places. Meanwhile, it's just as easy for us to consciously or subconsciously compare ourselves to this ideal, with influencers convincing us it's the norm. In reality, it takes years of consistent training and food tracking to achieve an influencer's ideal figure. But also, fitness looks different on everyone. Genetics play a huge part in how weightlifting will affect your body. It's important we remind ourselves that following an influencer's gym routine will not necessarily give us the defined abs they claim it has given them. 
Not only do we have to negotiate the constant pressure to weight lift for aesthetic purposes, there is a concerning amount of online humiliation disguised as gym motivation, which actually takes the form of body shaming and dismissing other forms of exercise. I recently came across a TikTok account boasting gym quotes, which included insulting men with a dad bod physique and calling cardio a red flag. When did weightlifting become so judgmental? What if some people don't want to focus exclusively on hypertrophy and aesthetics? Some of us go to the gym to condition for a sport or for its mental benefits or simply just to move our bodies after a day sitting at a laptop. The gym is not an exclusive club for compound lifters only. Others prefer different forms of exercise to weightlifting, and this should be considered okay. Gym culture needs to celebrate rather than dismiss people who choose to work out in a way that they enjoy, whatever that may be. Yet, even if we manage to overcome diet culture and its shaming tendencies, social media still manages to ruin our confidence surrounding the very structure of our workouts. Constant contradictions appear about which exercises we should be doing, how often we should work out, what positioning best activates the muscles. The list is endless. For example, if you type into Google, are deadlifts good for you? The top two websites that appear argue opposite opinions. How are we supposed to decipher these online paradoxes? Surely doing whatever feels good for you and your own body, whenever you feel you can fit it in, is enough. But this judgment feels increasingly harder to come by. Although not all fitness influencers are responsible for promoting such toxic messages, the swamp of social media makes it hard for us to keep our heads above the water. So-called die-hard fitness freaks who ultimately amass a large following promote a way of living that is simply unsustainable and unhealthy, as well as unachievable for a full-time student, or anyone else for that matter, who is trying to balance exercise, work, societies, and socializing all at once. It is okay for fitness to be one of many priorities rather than the single most important one. It should be there to add enjoyment and health to our life, not to obsess over and exacerbate society's unhelpful body standards, which are constantly shifting anyway. Don't let social media make you question whether the way you exercise is good enough. Fitness is personal, and only you know what makes you feel the most physically and mentally happy. I'm going to get real and raw with you because that's what I do. So I agree with what Sarah Walton Smith said. Um, to tell you the truth, fitness is not a one-size-fits-all. I don't care how many followers uh, a fitness influencer has and stuff like that. Just because something worked for them doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Just because it worked for 5,000 of their followers doesn't mean it's going to work for you. A lot of the times we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. These before and after pics. I'm, I'm happy when people, t you know, decide to make lifestyle changes and changes in general in their life that promotes health, mind, body and soul. But a lot of the time, I don't believe what's on social media because I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. I've said it so many times. People show you what they want to show you. Fitness is not a one size fits all. Um, but do move your body in ways that feel good to you. Eat what you want to eat. Don't feel guilty about, you know, craving Burger King. Give your body Burger King if you want Burger King. There's no, like, there's no point in, like, policing every single thing that you eat just because diet culture has taught you that this is bad. If it's something that your body wants, then you listen to your body. Stop shutting out, you know, the gut instincts and how something makes you feel. Feel what you need to feel. If your body 
feels like eating quote unquote what they call junk food, then go ahead and eat it. Don't feel ashamed. Don't feel guilty about what you're eating. And don't let any fucking person tell you you're not eating right. You can go and tell them to go fuck themselves. Actually, you can tell them that Carissa told them to go fuck themselves. And last but not least, you know, in all honesty, it doesn't matter what you wear, how you eat, how you live your life, um, what your weight is. There's always going to be someone who's going to judge and criticize you because at the end of the day, there are people out there that are so unhappy with their lives. What they do is go and troll, whether it be online or in real life. And there's nothing we can do about that. I mean, it's unfortunate that people don't know or haven't been taught what a fucking filter is and uh, that not everything they think needs to be said. But unfortunately, that's the society we live in, unfortunately. So you do you. Do what makes you feel good. I could go on and on and on, but I won't. I think you've heard enough of me ranting and raving, especially for the first episode back. I do hope you enjoyed this, this episode, episode 69. I hope you have a lovely weekend. Stay safe, stay hydrated, and you will hear from me again next week. Bye. Make it clap, 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 cl